0: Welcome to our next voyage on T-Minus 10, the show with 10-minute takes on the future of learning in healthcare. I'm your host, Tim Fitzpatrick. Today, you'll hear from Kanishka Rao, co-founder and chief operating officer at Care Gnostics, a company tackling the underdiagnosis, undertreatment, and health inequities of chronic disease using AI and machine learning. Kanishka previously founded and led McKinsey's Practice, focused on pre-IPO health tech companies in the U.S., so between his startup know-how and his dad Barat's legendary career as a pioneer of AI and healthcare, the Care Gnostics team is already scooping top industry talent to help solve these challenges. I have to say, this one was a lot of fun for me because even though I knew Kanishka before the episode, it was my first time hearing the full vision and team they've assembled to grow the company. Learning why and how, he and his dad decided to co-found this company together left me feeling really optimistic for Care Gnostics and for what's next in the kidney community. I'm also proud to say this was Kanishka's first ever appearance on a podcast, but it definitely will not be his last. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Kanishka Rao, co-founder and COO at Care Gnostics. Very good to see you again. It's been far too long. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for joining me on might have said i want to dig right in and i want to hear why you're working on the problem you are and why it's so near and dear to you
1: at care gnostics thanks Tim. and and yeah we need you back on the east coast soon um soon soon enough so very personally um, i was tipped off to kidney disease uh, when my grandfather passed away from kidney failure and he didn't know he had it until his kidneys failed chronic kidney disease and there's so much that could have been done we realized to slow or stop the progression of the disease had he known earlier. Um, and sadly, when we looked into the data, you know, we might've thought this happens where he was in India, uh, but in America too, one in 10 adults has undiagnosed kidney disease. 80% of people with it are undiagnosed. And um, from where it was, there wasn't enough work going on of how do we find and surface these patients.
0: Amazing. So this this is a uh, near and dear for myself as well. And my other hat at Icona, we we think about this problem and it's, it's just, um, you know, as you know, incredibly complex and on its surface, that's a, that's a huge problem. So uh, talk me talk to me a bit about like how you went from, okay, understand there's a problem. This is a personal pain point. This is something you're feeling. And like, how did you get over the hurdle of, this is something I can and want to solve or work on. Like, what was that experience like? And kind of who was involved in that, in that set of
1: questions. It's a great question. Um obviously very compelling moment. I, at the time was, was at McKinsey, where I was for four years, um, ha, having actually started and led the health tech startups practice in the U S and was spending a lot of time with the innovators in the, in the country, working on all sorts of things in healthcare. And essentially started to realize how much all of innovation and funding was going towards addressing people who are already really sick. Um, you know, navigating sites of care, giving them better care management, prolonging their life and avoiding complications. Uh, and not enough going to the vast majority of people who who were early stage and, and maybe undiagnosed, and we could prevent from ever getting to a really critical stage. Um, personally, I didn't think I could solve it on my own. But, you know, my background, undergrad and master's in computer science from Penn, management degree from Wharton, I, I wanted to bring technology into it. And And when I really thought about that, the perfect person to work with uh, was my co-founder and, and father, uh, Bharat Rao, uh, Dr. Wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bharat's a, a PhD in AI, one of the pioneers of actually applying AI to healthcare um, back in the stone age now. Uh, <laughs> <the early> 2000s, <laughs> I'm sure he'd love yeah. to hear that. When he, when he listens to this, uh, I promise I did, not, I did not tell you to say <laughs> that. So it's all on no, me. but in the early 2000s, he was the GM of machine learning and precision medicine, At Siemens Healthcare and in his over 60 healthcare AI patents has launched over 20 healthcare AI products through every regulatory hoop you can think of and deployed them at 300 health systems all around the world and they're incredibly successful generating more than 5 billion in revenue uh, for Siemens uh, for all those innovations he did and you know from there he was the senior partner at KPMG leading healthcare and life sciences analytics in the US prior to retiring. And, uh, and when we started talking about this, you know, this brought me out of Mc- uh, to leave McKinsey, brought him out of retirement to work on this and fundamentally asked the question, could we use Barat's AI background to identify these people with undiagnosed early-stage chronic disease, chronic kidney disease specifically, and activate clinicians to intervene? And uh, the result has been Care and the journey over the last year and and so far, the result, the answer to that question has been, yes, we are able to find these patients and, and it's been phenomenal working with the partners we have to actually get that to, uh, to influence their care and improve it.
0: It's incredible. So, Kanishka, there's a, there's a lot that I haven't learned about this side of the story, even though I've, I've known you now for a few months at least uh, or sometimes. Yeah, shout out uh, Mark uh, I have to Mark Rosen to introduced yeah. us. <laughs> Mark Rosenberg, yeah, if you're listening, I, I think he's a frequent listener, so we we uh we should have his right. ear. Um, uh, I ha- I have to ask a question around like you're in health tech at McKinsey. How much of your path, even to there to that point, before everything went down within within your family and you realized problem problems, started diving in. It must have been kind of a surreal feeling for you to be working with startups in health tech, and then obviously you know knowing your dad had 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 his career and had been involved in so many patents and was advising companies and launching products. At what point did you realize, Hey, not only are we both suited to come up with possible solutions to this problem, but like we should do this together. What was that conversation like? That must've been an interesting room to be in. It
1: it was a great one. Um, I think there's some part of me that always wanted to do, do something with my dad. I was a late, Uh, bloomer into healthcare. I actually took my standard, you know, random walk through every industry from higher education to tech to finance. uh, Before I found healthcare, just checked every one of my boxes of really impactful work. um, Technology helps affect it. And and fundamentally, you feel good doing it uh, because you're so close to the patient impact at the end of the day. You know, when we had the conversations in the beginning, I think there was, there was a conversation of, we were obviously both very compelled to try to tackle this. And, and I think it was, my dad jokes, you know, don't, don't teach your kids, you know, about, uh, about the morals of solving the world's problems, you know, and, uh, and I, and I told him fundamentally, he's, he's got a lot of energy, he's brilliant. Um, He's, he's still able to do this and he's always wanted to take the big swing too. And I think together we bring a really cool balance of his, you know, expertise, like, Actual thought leadership in the space as a pioneer, and his in his gut and his instincts over decades in the space, um, as well as some of my you know experience with startups, my uh, you know youthfulness and hustle, and uh, and and working off the frameworks and things I learned at, at great places like Wharton and McKinsey um, to to actually go and execute and get this done. And then from there, I think that the real catalyzing effect was also the National Science Foundation giving us. Our, our SBIR grant to to get out and, and go after this work. And once that was there, I think the path was clear for both of us was we wanted to really give this a shot. Um, and we didn't foresee AI being the hottest topic in the world a year later, once we had built, deployed and rolled this out. Uh, but it's a phenomenal coincidence that this is currently on the mind of every provider, payer, pharma CEO in the country and in the world of how can we use AI to improve care? And we're we're very, fortunate and glad to have been ahead of that curve and actually getting that out there and, and having impact that like we are now.
0: So this is okay. Inc- there's so much to dig into here. So let's start with, uh, I'm really glad you brought this up by the way. So NSF timing, we know how much tailwinds matter and health tech in particular. And you, it sounds like you have you have at least two of them. Um, I want to come back to, you're talking about your dad, and the nice, the nice balance broughts expertise with your, startup and hustle and and all that goes with kind of combining the two it sounds like you're post phase one on the nsf sbir uh talk to me about the team the company you know you let's go from okay founding story inception and now we're creating a team that's kind of based around catalyzed by nsf phase one research which usability feasibility ultimately for commercialization so you're probably thinking about how are we going to commercialize this this thing but what is what does the company look like today how are you dividing your roles and responsibilities with, with Bharat and then um, the rest of the team, like let's talk company first. And then I want to really dig into AI because I'm sure people are
1: wondering all kinds of questions around like, well, what, what are they working on and how this compared to what I know what I'm seeing? In the news. Absolutely. We've had, we've been really fortunate, actually. We're, we've recently really ramped up the team size um, over the last year. The thing is, we've been very lucky to have world-class people join us in this mission um, as a mission-driven startup. Uh, For example, our head of data, uh, Vikramanand, was a senior architect on Amazon Alexa Health. So just an absolute expert at at healthcare and and data engineering. Um, Our our lead PM, who we just brought on, uh, my friend Alex Whitehead from McKinsey, who led strategy ops and product at another seed stage healthcare AI company for two and a half years before joining last month. Um, our chief of staff who's who's worked, uh, Soleil who's worked at all sorts of different consulting roles and in uh, payrolls to joining us. And and now as we're sort of kicking off, our, completing our, our first you know phase of, uh, as you put it, validating that we can actually solve this problem. Um, with our partner Hackensack Meridian Health, who's been the first health system we partnered with to roll this out, they as partners have been Phenomenal, bar none, uh, to to getting this on the ground and, and learning these models and showing it. We actually just a couple of weeks ago, with Hackensack, received the 2023 BioIT World Innovative Practices Award, um, which was which was
0: congrats, it's
1: huge. Thanks, man. It was won last year by uh, companies like AstraZeneca and Merck, and this year alongside AbbVie and Regeneron and City of Hope and we're just thrilled that a year into this journey, to be in the conversation in the same breath as those companies, um, and, and as it was recognized at that conference, um, you know, actually cutting through all the hype about the potential of AI, and really identifying a tangible case of of how AI can help improve patient care, um, you know, from a cost perspective, from a from a patient outcomes perspective, both, um, and while supporting clinicians in the process, so. I know I know you wanted to dive into the AI so I guess that's a good segue <laughs> I
0: think I think yeah please just I, I'm just about to let you keep rolling I think the so the team is incredible and those hires uh, just so much of so much of your ability and I have to imagine this is top of mind for you and why these wins are so big but that the fact that they have expertise in these things that even though they're getting all this attention today and now there's more broader awareness and yes there have been uh, improvements in, in how things are processed and how we think about and talk about AI. But these are people who have deployed products in healthcare and thought about similar challenges. And at the end of the day, like, this stuff has been around for decades. So it's people like and now you're you know, head of data and uh, people who know how to lead other people. This sounds like Alex from X McKinsey. Like those are the things that allow you to get from where you are up to you know, the size of the players who have won the award in the past. So that has to be a
1: good feeling. It's a great one. I
0: would love to now
1: talk to hey, you. Hey, just before I jump to that, um, the, we're, we're actually gearing up for the yeah. next set of technical challenges. of we've done this, how do we make this scalable, sustainable? And that's why bring on our CTO, Bill, Dr. Bill Landy, who is a senior director at Cerner, um, who's an expert in EHR integrations and, and building and managing massive technical teams. Um, our chief architect, who we're, we're working on bringing on in the next couple of months, who uh, who's architected systems in 300 plus health systems stems um and and our chief r d officer we've been talking about for a while uh and and bringing on next month uh it was an executive at a a leading ai company right now um and and going to be uh it's going to be phenomenal actually hiring the right folks now for the next tranche of worth including our cto dr bill landy who is a senior executive at cerner uh, and an expert in ehr integration as well as we've got Candidates tap for, you know, a chief architect, um, head of dev, and, and other key critical leadership roles that are going to be needed to get to the next tranche of growth, um, of scaling this to every, hopefully every health system in the country and the world. Uh, but yeah, it's it's surreal pinching ourselves when we get these folks bought into the mission. And that's really what we felt. Everyone at Care Gnostics, unfortunately, has a, has a similar experience of wow this is a really massive problem personally really affects them and uh and sees the potential of of the approach we're all working together on to to have the impact we want
0: i i love that it's so important to just kind of highlight and and make clear to anyone who might be listening who is on the early stage startup side or or wondering how to think about working with startups i think it's a very different thing to talk about we've we have initial funding, we have an idea what we want to build, we know the market, we know the problem. But the difference between that sort of company and a company that has attracted the talent, that has the experience, who has scaled products to 300 hospitals and has a plan, has the relationships in place over decades, those are two different, very different companies. So to hear that you're you're already there and you're just in a position that uh, lends itself really nicely to actually driving change and innovation in ways that are palatable, that will work within existing workflows that do move the needle on problems that people at your company have faced personally. And and I think that's, as we shift now, I want to talk about the product and what it is you're actually doing, what what Meridian got excited about, what all of your future partners are going to get excited about. Um, And then obviously beyond that, let's talk about the AI side of the equation too, but uh, I'd love for you to give people a sense of first, what is the diagnostic? What is the thing that you're using AI to power and what makes it different, unique in kidney disease in particular? And then we can get into kind of what people might be familiar with or want to know that's different about
1: the AI you're working with. Well, thank you for all the kind words. I was going to say, maybe I need to bring you in. Would you mind doing our fundraise or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Uh, no, I, I'm happy to dive in on the product. Yeah, we're, we're very excited about it. Essentially, our model is partnering with health systems to help identify using their existing EHR data, which are the patients where there is an opportunity for earlier clinical intervention. And so if we take kidney disease in particular, you know, we start with the ingestion of the data uh, from all these different sources, you know, all the diagnoses, procedures, labs, vitals, medications, claims, encounters, demographics, you name it, um, into what we've built is our our AI platform. And and that essentially can identify a cohort of interests, taking all these different features, figuring out a label and figuring out how running thousands of different machine learning approaches to identify the right one. Um, and then fundamentally that's then plugged in, once we have that cohort of patients, it's how do we then plug that in to activate clinicians at the point of care. And and right now at Hackensack, you know, we're, we're working on a point of care alerting system where it's actually built in natively to Epic of, you know, people who have, you know, starting with like certain risk factors, people who have them or results. Let's, let's activate the clinician so that take the situation, Tim, where like I come in with a cough cold to my PCP and the PCPs nowadays are overburdened with six minutes to deal with this exploding amount of data and increasingly incentivized on volume. And the last thing they're thinking about is my kidneys. They're, they're thinking about all these other things. And, and it's, It's not, it's because there's just so much pressure we're putting on PCPs for all these different things. And, you know, they have these uh, annual visits. And and the thing is, none of the things we're finding, I'm not one of the people who will ever say, AI is going to replace doctors or anything like that. It's all stuff that the PCP could find if they were given, you know, half an hour, an hour per patient. But with how much data is there, all we want to do is help support and surface to them Hey, Kanishka has got these risk factors for kidney disease. Do you want to add this, you know, blood and urine test to, to your order of other things you're already ordering and make that as one click as possible for them to then intervene, order those tests and get, um, kick off the diagnosis and treatment process that will go from there to get people and, you know, hopefully prevent the story of my grandfather from repeating itself. Um, Fundamentally, that's it, and there's tons of different approaches that you know you see all sorts of companies seeing in terms of virtual coordinators, digital engagement of patients, going DTC. Um, but that's sort of the approach we've been taking, and it, and it's been really exciting to see over the last you know six months rolled out of of how this is actually having impact on patients today. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for
0: for walking us through that. I, I know that the more I hear. The health tech healthcare community talk about the pros and cons benefits risks of ai and you you see studies the the recent jama study around uh, empathy and that ai was more empathetic and actually provided higher quality answers a lot of that is time so it's nice to see that more and more people are saying well we're not really trying to compare the robot versus human it's how can the robot support the human and then from there you're kind of all right, well, how can we use these tools to, to reduce clinical burden, administrative burden, to, to give providers back their their power, their time, and to allow them to, to kind of spend time doing what they want to be doing with, with patients. And uh, I think I was reading your, you did a, had a press release, the company around CKDX, which I think is the, the company product, obviously, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the three areas that you just described and what the product does. And The first is the real-time EHR connection that allows scalability. The second, the AI platform you described, which can help with promoting health equity and identifying underlying bias, which is massive, especially where you live and operate and your partners are. And then the last part being that point-of-care alerting and activating clinicians. I think that combination is what gets me so excited about not just being a diagnostic, that is a test in a lab that is more accurate or can do things with other in ways that have not been done, but it's actually doing something in a way that is going to improve the existing workflows and systems and leverages the power of something like AI, which is an important distinction, I think, that to draw from like the buzz of plugging in some, some query into ChatGPT versus delivering a clinician and alert
1: at the time. Yeah, it's, and, and I think this is where, you know, if I reflect back again to that first conversation between me and my dad, it was one of the questions I asked is, you know, you built these models two decades ago, like the first, the FDA approved way of diagnosing lung cancer from CT scans is one of Barat's patents. And it's, you know, why isn't AI used every day at the point of care? This AI is not a new thing. Um, and the biggest reason was provider friction and all these different models of charging providers, exorbitant amounts of money for these systems or, or diverting them to a different workflow or providing, uh, you know, black box recommendations, um, or, or fundamentally trying to change the way they deliver care to something they don't want to do. What we're, we're not trying to get clinicians to do anything they don't want to do. We're working with the clinical leadership at Hackensack, like the executive director of quality, the chief of nephrology, uh, to define this is the standard of care, this is the gap we we see that we want to support clinicians on and help them deliver that and and do it all based off guideline directed therapy, not recommending anything else um, i think that's that 's a critical point to what you brought up tim of where where this gets hard is is you need to know you need to not be trying to change clinicians to uh, be antagonistic to them you you the whole mission is is successful if we're supporting clinicians and the amazing work they do, um, and that's that's what we've tried to do uh, at CareNostics. I'm happy to Thank dive you. in. Also, I know I just teased out a couple of things, but in you alluded to them um, too. Of of what does the AI platform do, and how have we built it? And it's really been using the decades of expertise that our team has in healthcare AI. Of of what is wrong with healthcare models, you know, things like. Temporal stability. In healthcare, if you learn a model, walk away for six months and come back, you know, the model no longer works. Why? Because practices have changed. New got new therapies have come out. Guidelines have changed. Your demographics and your population have changed. And, and building a model that is robust to the differences over time rather than the model that works best at one single point in time is part of what our platform does. The other things you talked about, bias adjustment, when AI has been shown to exacerbate disparities in care, uh, if not uh, actively controlling for the biases in the underlying data. And that's where our partner and chief analytics officer, Professor Rayad Ghani from CMU, who's the world leader in bias-adjusted machine learning, is is so phenomenal to have on our team. Um, Like I said, intelligibility, workflow integration, avoiding hallucinations like uh, Gen AI does today. There's a lot of buzz about And it's, it's just a little, little ways off of making decisions where the cost of being wrong is high. And I think that's pertinent to clinical decisions at the current point in time. I have full faith that Gen AI will get there in the future, but right now, I mean, there's ways we're actively using it. We're trying to use it to help with, with clinical notes and extracting things like EGFRs from clinical notes or risk factors and things like that. So, um, Again, I think there's a lot that we're afforded by having the experts who know how to use the cutting edge tools in the context of healthcare, rather than, you know, throwing it against the wall and seeing what sticks. You got to know, know the problems in healthcare data and what's historically prevented the adoption.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you. There's so many barriers here you mentioned, both in recent deployment specific to AI, but also uh, getting new solutions off the ground, you know, the rod's faced with, uh, provider friction, you know, trying to change workflows and standard of care cost charging providers. I'd love to hear you're thinking about commercialization. You mentioned Meridian as a great key early partner. Uh, talk to me about, okay, this product comes to life. Let's just say, uh, you're obviously going to learn, you're going to pivot, you're going to figure out what's working, what's not, you're going to make improvements. It sounds like you're constantly working to, Keep away, or I don't know how you describe this, but temporal stability is a cool term. Uh, it's fun to talk through because I don't want to talk through very frequently on here. Or with respect to our other stuff, bias adjustment. Who are the partners that you're excited about serving, working with? It sounds like you know, EHR, the Cerner people on the team. You're thinking about real-time data. Who are the types of organizations that you? get excited about it, maybe see on the, the short-term roadmap?
1: Yeah, I think personally, we've been at the point where we have a lot of confidence in what we're doing and we wanted to get it right. We wanted to to figure out how do we do this successfully, integrating with the workflow and, and getting clinician adoption. And, you know, when we get proof points like the, the award we won at BioIT World, we start to think we're ready to move to the next provider systems. And so we're excited to be speaking and, and prioritizing that in the next... You know a couple of years of where we're going to go especially while this is on everyone's mind of, of healthcare and ai uh but on the other side like we've had phenomenal conversations with with other types of partners beyond provider systems for example Bayer, the pharmaceutical company uh their g4a early stage investing group were the only early stage investment they made in 2022. um so we're, we're thrilled to have partners like them we're talking to them and other large pharmaceutical companies about uh commercial arrangements around what we're doing since you know everything we do is above brand we're not we're not trying to promote a specific drug or thing like that but at some level there's an alignment uh to to you know raising awareness of these different conditions um where where like i said my my grandfather i i don't really want people to get diagnosed and nothing happen to them my grandfather wouldn't have necessarily been helped if he was just diagnosed. It's it's when you combine diagnosis with activation of clinicians to do something about it, um, and a lot of the life saving therapies that are coming out are are very um, are inspirational. And I guess one thing I'll, I'll leave you with, Tim, is we're we're not a kidney disease company. We are uh, we're built to scale to every therapeutic area, and uh, and that's what our platform does. And we're already getting asked from all sorts of different colleagues, uh, from different stakeholders of, can you do this for X condition, Y condition, respiratory, other cardio, renal, uh, mental health and, and neuro disease. And so it's, it's a very exciting journey ahead and we're thrilled by, uh, what we've been able to do so far.
0: Well, I'm, it's a great segue and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was my next question around clinical indications and is this just going to stay in disease? Obviously the, the opportunity within kidney disease is is incredible. It's enormous. It's it's, far beyond what we can probably fully appreciate, but I have to imagine part of your job over the next few years is gonna be balancing commercial opportunity and needs assessment. And what what are the right factors that uh, make it a a great opportunity to expand into a new indication or or area uh, with product readiness? And uh, clearly you have the team who has the expertise, who has the IP, who has thought about these challenges. And I think so to the partners. You mentioned you're already thinking health systems and beyond into pharma. And um, we know that those are great partners who um, can open up new doors and allow you to fulfill your mission. You're a mission driven company. You want to change people's lives. And the way you have that scale of impact is by working with people who can allow you to leverage that scale. So I'm it's really excited to see what you decide to do with your team and, um, and how you kind of go about tackling each of those disease areas. Are you ready for the final frontier? This is the point where I get to hear what you're excited about. We talked about challenges. We talked about barriers. Obviously, we now have a little bit more comfort around what the product does and what you aspire to have it do ultimately. But let's wrap up here with the final five questions. If I'm ready. Hit me.
1: All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Okay.
0: Top challenge. You mentioned quite a few. What would you say is your top challenge right now at Care Gnostics as it stands today?
1: Talent. we got enough great talent. And, and I think seeing how much that is, is critical to making this work. And we've been privileged to have some of the best people in the world working with us. And, and we're excited to continue to bring on passionate, driven, and, and experienced people who are needed if we're going to try to change healthcare.
0: Incredible. I'd say you're doing pretty well uh, tackling that challenge, given the team you, you've described today. How about top opportunity for you at Care Gnostics?
1: In everyone's mind. Fair enough. How about tech trend? Is it going to be AI as well? I think with AI, the awareness of bias needs and intelligibility needs and, and you know how to evaluate it. I think all these things... It, it was really hard before to sift through all the different companies saying you're doing AI. Now people kind of are talking more about how do you evaluate it? You know, when we have our performance of, you know, XYZ, when we have, you know, a lack of hallucinations and we have intelligibility and things like that. I think, uh, I think it, it brings more, more awareness to how to evaluate AI.
0: Amazing. And I would say that it might also be an opportunity for you, by the way, now that people are in the evaluation stage. So that's pretty exciting.
1: Uh, how about Top
0: Media Rec? I know we're your inaugural podcast and we are honored to have you on T10. But what else are you consuming? It could be a book, podcast, anything.
1: Yeah. Um, why don't I, I, mean, I listen to Huberman Lab, but I'll go old school for media on my mind right now. Shoe Dog by Phil Knight is never, never not the move.
0: Yeah, it, uh, I think I'm due for a reread. It's been too long. It's a great book. Uh, healthcare or tech leaders? Let's wrap up here with people you're following. Who, who is on your radar that you're paying attention to? Uh, Huberman's good example, but anyone else from either healthcare or tech-
1: technology? Uh, I've loved every single conversation and everything I've ever read from Anish Chopra. He was the CTO of the U.S. under President Obama and just an inspirational person who's a dreamer of, of all the possibilities that there are.
0: Incredible. I love it. Uh Kanishka, I'm thrilled that you joined us. It was incredible learning more and diving in deeper than we had before on care gnostics. Obviously, I'm rooting for you. I know a lot of people who are in this community who listen care deeply about kidney disease and will want to support, will want to meet you. Um, thank you for coming on. How how can people get a hold of you and Learn more about Care Gnostics after this. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, visit us www.carenastics.com or or shoot me an email, Kanishka at Would love to get in touch and and find the partners who are also committed to to changing healthcare together.
0: Incredible. I'm confident there's maybe a few of them listening and who tune into this. So I'm excited to see where that goes. And uh, thank you again. Really good catching up can't wait to see you again in person soon enough, but uh, thank you for coming on. To Looking
1: forward time. to Tim. This was, this was such a great time.